0: You are
1: listening to
0: Friends Next Door. door! Okay, three, two, one, door. door! Okay. no, no, no. Three, two, one, door. door. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Friends Next Door, and this is a special one. But first, this is Dan.
2: This is Mia.
1: This is Thomas.
0: This is Quan. And we have a very special guest with us today, longtime friend, sometimes next door, sometimes next uh, state, whatever you want to call it. But the man that doesn't need an introduction, Chris Chappell from China Uncensored. Hello, friends next door. Woohoo! Hello!
2: Hey, Chris. (laughs) Also, <laughs> yeah. our, our intros is just so much longer these days, but especially with Chris, I like how you shorten it to like the man who needs no introduction, because that's just like, that's oh, let's just thing. not introduce him.
0: It's actually, <laughs> uh, it's actually in Chris's contract to be introduced that way every time, every appearance he makes.
3: Yeah, there are supposed to be fireworks.
0: <laughs> and for those of you that are watching, uh, I don't know if this can be watched, but maybe one day. It can't be watched yet, but Chris is a really nice suit on, and we all we were all like, "Whoa, Chris, what's going on?" So actually, Chris is running for the president of the United States in 2020.
4: <laughs> that is that is what it looks like. Exactly what it looks like. The vibe is very clear here.
0: <laughs> you look so we're the springboard for his campaign. Like a congressman, I would vote for you, Chris. If I saw you standing on the yeah. corner, I'd vote for you. Right And away.
3: that is politicians a... stand on corners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, the other day I was walking in Brooklyn, and there was a politician standing on a corner and there are uh, people passing out flyers and be like, hey, have you met so-and-so? And so i am like, no. And they're like, right over there. He's running for this. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool.
2: And what was the guy doing?
0: I, well, he was just talking. He was just introducing himself to people. God, Like guerrilla marketing. Anyways, hey, that's like- the beautiful thing about American
3: democracy. <laughs> yes.
2: Right into the topic of today. <laughs> right like
3: into that. the topic.
0: I total coincidence. <laughs> so chris is an american but chris is a man of many cultures uh as he does a show if you guys don't know chris has been doing this wonderful show on many platforms now but it started out on youtube it's called china uncensored chris is not chinese but he knows a lot about it but today on our show we're gonna because it's almost july 4th and i don't know when you're listening to this maybe it's literally on july 4th but we want to talk about this holiday and we want to have fun with this. So. There's a lot of misconceptions about it's America's birthday, and, you know, all of us grew up differently, different cultures, and America has a lot of misconceptions. So we want to have fun with it today, but also maybe talk about some of these misconceptions that we've ran into, Uh, and with Chris's expertise, (laughs) (laughs) clear some of them up. As an American,
2: as somebody who's born and raised in America. Um, No, yeah, no, that is that is a good point but before we get to the bad part which is the misconceptions why don't we start to talk about what being an American means to all of us why don't we start there
0: oh yeah
4: that's a great start yeah so who wants to start (laughs) (laughs) um I think I can start I think it's it means something really different to a lot of different people because i and then we'll get i'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit as well as we talk more because america is just so diverse but i think two things that stand out to me i'll just speak like personally to me is that i think it's great that the country does have this is just my point again but it's like it has a strong sense of like accountability to be like constructive Sometimes to a fault, but like we want, right? It's like for the people, by the people. And so there's that sense of wanting to have accountability for down the road. Um, the other side, I mean, if it's not obvious, it's uh, for me, it's like just the amount of opportunity, like the truly the land of opportunity. I think anybody that grew up with immigrant parents has like heard that time and time again, but it really... of like what you put into it is a lot you can see a lot of what you get out of it um and so my parents both came here from Taiwan and the worlds of which it was different Taiwan I love Taiwan like it's one of my favorite places to go back to I visited all the time when I was little (laughs) <laughs> the food um but I think being here and then also visiting a lot while I was little I think it's just a very cool thing to see I'll, I'll talk specifically like my dad he like they grew up like on a farm with very very little and so it's been amazing to see I think it's like a very typical like came from nothing like literally came here with so so little and like worked your butt off and like Right, and when you come here, you're on visa and it's very stressful, um, but to kind of see it play out and to be able to be both proud of like you kind of did, I had this thought a little bit ago, like I'm proud that I accomplished a little bit what he was trying to give to right the next generation. But I also like, am just so grateful that I almost feel a little bad that like, if I, because if I imagine myself right now and then I imagine my dad when he was my age and like the differences that we faced, I feel like very proud, but also like, like I don't, I almost like don't deserve it at the same time. So just like very, very grateful for the opportunity. That's the kickoff. Who wants to go next? <laughs> How um, do you even measure up concerns? to that?
3: <laughs> well, it's interesting something you said. Uh, I, I was talking to um, a, a North Korean defector uh, named Yongmi Park, yes. who, you know, obviously going from North Korea to living to the United States, there's going to be a bit of a different culture there. And then she said she realized, like, freedom really is a responsibility. Uh, a, it's particularly a responsibility to yourself. Because she was giving an example, like, in North Korea, well, like, when she first moved to, to South Korea, uh, people asked her, like, okay, like, well, what's your favorite color? She had no concept of getting to choose your favorite color. Mm. Her favorite color in North Korea was red because that's the color of the party.
0: Mm.
3: And so just this mm. whole level of freedoms that we, we take for granted, uh, it, was, it was actually almost overwhelming for her mm. at the beginning because she had to make decisions for herself. Mm. Whereas in North Korea, all the decisions are made for you. And wow. in a way, that's pretty appealing. Like you don't have to take any responsibility for yourself. You don't have to figure anything out. You don't have to struggle with it. a lot of things. It's just decisions are made for you. But freedom, it really is that responsibility. It means you can fail.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, Chris, how did you get the opportunity to talk to this uh, North Korean defector? Oh, uh, well, I knew her, uh, yeah, I knew her from a my,
2: YouTube superstar. That's why.
1: Uh, yeah. That,
3: yeah. I interviewed her on my show, China and Censored. Uh, but, yeah, I met her at a human rights conference, and recently we were both on uh, the Tim Cool show, who's, uh, if you know him, another, another YouTuber guy. Uh, made his name doing Occupy Wall Street, actually.
0: And he's a skater. <laughs> you, how much do you resonate with that, Chris? Like, do you feel a sense of responsibility yourself?
3: Oh, I'm a millennial, so I have no sense of obligation. <laughs> So true. good
4: good answer good
2: answer answer. thank you oh my god that story about just like a simple story of like her not being able to even figure out what her favorite color is um so i think i unlike well maybe except for you dan i wasn't born and raised in the u.s so i never really saw myself as an american but i remember coming to america for higher better education right in college um and the first impression that i got from america is of course from hollywood movies so when i looked at high school students in america versus um my own life as a high schooler in indonesia i was like man what they don't have to go and wear uniforms to school like that's so cool to have that kind of freedom so definitely the word freedom that's the first thing that came to mind. But wait,
1: are there school uniforms for, for every school
0: in Indo? Yeah. I'm sure there oh. is. Like I think right- in
4: most, like yeah, I think in most Asian yeah. countries, a lot of Asian countries, I, I can't be completely yeah. sure fact check, whatever, but like it's mostly <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: nice. That that set the bar real low for you <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: true. Like I was happy with
2: just that one fact alone. You're
0: like, I get to wear anything I want.
2: Yeah, what? Sign me up. <laughs> and when I was in Malaysia, it was even worse. I like how I take it from like a North Korean defector story to like my own <laughs> personal struggle. Hey, but anyway, when I was in Malaysia, um, and I went to this all-girls school, um, they were super strict to the point where you can't even grow your hair. Uh, your uniform needs to be worn a certain way. Like your skirt needs to be longer than your knee, and. Um, they even give you a number, like a student number that's to be like etched to your uniform so that if you like break any rule, they can write you up so quickly. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I think um, freedom comes with its own consequences. Also, I remember when my, my mom, uh, basically when they sent me to America, they were basically scared because they're like, yeah, it's because it's too free out there they can do whatever they want. Your kid is going to turn out to be a ratchet person. Um, but that was me back then. But yeah, like, you know, freedom, America, it is what it is. Um, but I think freedom of uh, taking responsibility for yourself is a good concept um, and something that I never really thought about until now. So I learned something.
1: Yeah, I want to echo the, uh, the, um, the amount of opportunities there are. Um, from what Quan uh, you said earlier, because like an example is like let's say in East Asian countries, um, they're very uh, it's like for example in China there's a Gaokao, and that's kind of like your SAT into everything. Like how you score on that almost depends determines your future. So like if you get into a good university, you're you're you know nearly set for life, and if you get into a terrible university, you're basically screwed and that's not necessarily the case here um and 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 like there's also part of like being able to pretty much reinvent yourself at any age and and like folks will encourage you to do that like that's that's highly encouraged versus like some other places where it's like if you if you suffer some sort of reputation loss you're you're done you're you're like cast out of society to some degree right
0: thomas has reinvented himself four times already he's only (laughs) in his early 30s. <laughs> I, mean, I, I
3: music like uh, music composition and now I do a YouTube show about China. There you go. We
1: forgot to plug your other show too.
3: America Uncovered. Uh, that's right. Or the China Unscripted podcast.
0: Ooh. Oh. Okay. I wish we had more than one thing to plug ourselves, but this is it. It's sad.
2: This is, sad. <laughs> this is all, our <laughs> only claim it. to fame unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Wait, Chris, I want to follow up so like having done your show like you know originally you just did china and censors so you you understood a lot about you know china topics right so having yeah. done the america uncovered show um, uh, which i'm a huge fan of by the way um like it- what is it that that he's already learned? on the show
0: you don't have to kiss his butt <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm like, just before to what is it that get him on the show. Or, like
3: uncovered it's understandable
1: what was your question what is it that you've learned and kind of uncovered uh, like uh, through the, throughout the process of like researching for the show and everything?
3: Oh, well so the reason I began uh, America Uncovered after doing China Uncensored for so many years is just I saw how like <sighs> badly partisan the United States was becoming particularly in the media. Uh, it's like these really harsh and stark battle lines had been drawn and you weren't allowed to cross them. And so I just kind of wanted to create a, a news show uh, that had a little bit of humor, like China Uncensored, but that you know, just kind of tried to rationally look at all sides of the argument and you know, see, see what was actually happening. Like I remember I did an episode about this. This wasn't long after uh, the death of George Floyd. We did an episode about uh, a police reform bill that was going through Congress. And we, we really went through, like, what the Democrats' bill was and what the Republican bill was. And we just actually said what was in them. Mm-hmm. And the response to it was great because, like, there were a lot of people who were like, I'm a Democrat, but I actually like uh, what the Republican side said more. Or mm-hmm. I'm a Republican and I like what the Democrat side said. But, like, in the media, it was or like, if you talk to the politicians, it's like the other side is, is destroying America and it's off. And it's you know really not like that.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, like the um, spirit of being an American really piggybacks on both what Kwan and Chris was talking about. Actually, the funny thing is when I first came to America at the age of five, there's two things that stuck out to me and actually shaped my entire life and identity from day one. Which is first, um, we're talking about we're talking about f- having freedoms and the first freedom that I noticed was people's freedom to believe. So my first experience in America that I remember was um, like having a, a, a church lady preach to a class of uh, first graders about the Bible. And even though I'm not Christian or Catholic, I resin, I was like, wow, this is, I never heard this Well, I was too young in China, but like, wait a minute, so people can just believe whatever religion they want? And I deeply, I wanted to believe that in a religion, you know, I was, I, from a young age, I wanted to, I felt like we're not, you know, there's definitely a higher power out there. So that resonated with me from day one. And I remember like, I wanted to, you know, I was like trying to be Christian and Catholic. Like I would try to invite myself to church and take communion. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then, but like, people were like, that's, that's not, the only thing about this but the stories resonated with me so being american means that we to me like i have the freedom to believe in anything i want to and my and there's actually rights in america to protect it's a i do real estate there's a protected there's like 18 protected classes and you cannot discriminate you cannot not sell a home to somebody if they believe in a certain religion like it's actually against the law you know and i'm sure in other parts of american law as well like you can't not hire someone just because, you know, they're a certain religion. Um, so that really resonated with me. And obviously, like, uh, to this day, since I have a deep spiritual faith, and I'm allowed to believe in it. <laughs> um, and the other one is, is, is courage, and the, the ability, because you have that freedom. Um, sometimes you have to defend that. And um, I remember growing up, you know kind of like people around me were always looking out for the kid that was getting bullied there are a lot of americans that bully you know people in america it doesn't matter who you are like you there's always a bully in school but it wasn't accepted you know and there were people that stood up against bullies um and that also really resonated with me so the more i learned about uh, yes people will be like well america starts wars like, i'm not gonna get into that i don't know what like You could go down a deep, dark hole, but for the most part, I think uh, I feel like Americans try to, you know, aid, right? Um, Not getting into too much of the political aspect, but the courage and the belief to defend, you know, our freedoms like that resonated me to this day. And then as I got older, I became very ironically, I became very involved in human rights that was speaking out against Chinese human rights, even in high school you know, and the fact that I could do that, you know, really shaped the person I am today. Um, not a lot of people know that. They just think that I'm like a happy-go-lucky kid, but, you know, those two American values to me really stood out.
1: Yeah, and I, to to um, echo on that, I think a huge part of that is, um, like, you spoke about, you know, having the courage, right, to, to kind of enact change, right, and that's a huge part of uh, kind of the American system, right, to have that agency, right? So, like, I, I, like, let's contrast, like, to contrast that with, like, other countries where you don't have, let's say, voting rights, uh, to some degree, Um, like, you have, like, in China right now, you have this um thing called, uh, like, a lie-down revolution, where, we're, like, these, like, uh like, Gen Z and millennials, they're just, like, we can't really get anywhere in, in life right now, and we're being worked to death, so instead, we're just gonna do nothing, like, we'll just be very satisfied with our life and do nothing, and, and so, like, Like they can't, that's part of that is like a response of not having the agency to enact change because any change they try to enact is just crushed by, you know, the boot of the government in China, right? And I don't wanna make it seem like, like, oh, US number one, and like every other country sucks or something like that. I'm just kind of giving out specific examples of like, like where I've seen like, oh, like, you know, these are things I, I really have to appreciate. Like, I'm not going to have this if I'm, you know, somewhere else, right? So, um, like, I remember one time, I think something, this is something that Mia mentioned, was like, um, it was like, when was the last time in the U.S. that you had to pay a bribe, right? Like, to, to, like, s- some sort of uh, government real, official real to get something done. Though. Real question, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I did it not too long ago. <laughs> but... It's common, sort of a common practice in Indonesia, whereas here, I don't know too much. Genuinely curious.
1: Yeah, the bribes here are much more, mm. much more complicated. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, Thomas, I distracted your story. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, like the bribes here are more, are, are like much more complicated than like, you know, you slipping the guy like $100 bill or something like that. It's, it's
0: dang, that's, that's a lot. That's money. a
2: lot. It is a lot. So remember, if you ever go to $5. Indonesia, yeah,
4: yeah $5. <laughs> you got to start the bids low, Thomas. Yes. Small blind, little blind.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs>
4: um,
2: but I have a quick question to like Chris. So mm-hmm. having done, you know, America Uncovered, and I think you're, you're also, your other show, China Uncensored, like basically you're, you're sort of a, getting a view of like the two very contrasting uh countries right so what if from your experience uh from doing both shows what uh, is there anything that made you love the country more like this country more than before like what are some of the learnings well definitely or do you just hate it now you know oh yeah <laughs> maybe who knows <laughs> or do you just not like it anymore or did Chris? it make you hate it even more i don't know
1: Chris always has a sarcastic tone in his voice and I can't, sometimes I can't tell if he's being genuine or not.
3: Well, I'll do my best. But Chris, go on. Uh, well, certainly comparing, uh, America to like one of the most brutal authoritarian regimes on the planet certainly makes the U S smell a little better by comparison. That was truth. There's no organ harvesting of prisoners of conscience in the United States. But, uh, here, let me put it like this. Uh, Dan, you mind if I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, you, you said you came to the U.S. when you were five? Yes. All uh, right. Do, do you view yourself as an American? Yes. That's impossible in any other country on the planet. Like, I couldn't move to China and become Chinese. You're right. No matter how many generations of my family. None of us could move to Italy or Germany and become Italian or German.
4: Only so really in the United
3: States do we have this culture where anyone from any walk of life can come to the United States and become American. Yeah. And it's because Mind really- blown.
2: In, in what sense? I, I think that's a really good point, but like in what sense or what are the examples?
3: Well, actual for citizenship. For one. Really? But also it's- you want to go on more on that, Dan?
2: <laughs> no, no, I, no,
0: like- no, no. I'm did thinking. You know, I don't. I
2: don't know how hard it is for like foreigners to come to Indonesia. I can think of a couple of countries that that are welcoming to mm-hmm. like f- foreigners, right? Like, I'm thinking maybe Australia, um, Taiwan. Did I just well, call, I did just, I just call Taiwan a country?
1: I think you did. You really can't. Yeah. You, you did far more than John Cena. <laughs> oh.
4: Okay. <laughs> Shut. Shut. <laughs>
1: But I don't mean
3: just citizenship. Like Dan, you're ethnically Chinese, but anyone would be like, "Oh, Dan, you're American." Yeah, it's because it's being yeah, American, I- not tied to race, right, or background or culture.
0: When I okay, yes, hundred percent. I, yeah, I think I think growing up, when I said I was American, I really meant like, "Oh, I I'm trying to assimilate to the culture." And then it wasn't until now, you know, late 30s, I realized a lot of Americans don't know their own culture. And in fact, they're they're sliding away from when I was growing up in the early 90s here, what that culture was. Um, So it's so weird, like I feel more American than ever, but it's actually very different from the peers, even that I grew up like my some of my very best friends, I would say like, like, Chris, you, you you said it so perfectly I think America was always very uh, bipartisan, but it's more so now, like more than ever in 2021. And like to the point where as I was growing up, my friends and peers, we would be, we we could have a discussion uh, about topics and have different opinions, and now it's almost like if I don't if I don't conform to one side or the other, then it's like I'm an outcast.
4: Yeah, I think America. that speaks that goes back to like Mia's point around freedom coming with responsibility. And it's difficult going back also marrying Chris's point around how we're a melting pot of people. There's a lot of different types of people and there's like, it's a double-edged sword sometimes, right? Because it's like, there is so much to learn across like so many different types of people. But when you have so many different types of people, it can be difficult to get on the same page sometimes. Um, and so... Going back to like the I think the original question of what it means to be an American I know maybe Chris you can share some stories on people you've had on the show and also Mia when you came over from the U.S like you thought it was one thing but like the uniform but did that change did that was there anything that like changed your perception of what American is um, afterwards when you were finally here
2: I thought America is just Hollywood and LA and beautiful people that I see in the movies (laughs) (laughs) and then I came to I I came to the other LA which is Los Altos and I was like what is this place (laughs) definitely not what I thought
4: (laughs) for those unaware Los Altos is like a a tiny tiny like a small town in the bay
0: Wait, and Chris is from California.
3: That's right. Los Angeles.
4: (laughs) See? The right
2: L.A. Not the wrong L.A. I went to. Yeah.
1: So does Chris conform to your Hollywood expectations?
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, he does kind of look like the guy in Matrix, so maybe. (laughs) Not, Not with
1: the beard, though.
3: The beard took something away.
4: Yeah. So, so Mia when you got to Los Altos though like okay it seems like there was some shattering of this this perfect facade but were there other things that you didn't expect
2: or was um, it just all
4: shattered <laughs> um,
2: I, I, I don't know I think in terms of the education piece and just like the freedom that comes with like living away from parents and stuff. Um, I honestly do not know what to expect, but I just didn't expect because, okay, I came to California, right? And then I hung out with a lot of just other Indonesians or international students. So, and mostly at the time, like Asians. So I didn't really feel like I was in America, if that makes sense, you know? Um, Whatever expectation I had going in. Um, Although I didn't really... Come to realize how diverse it is until recently, in terms of just culture, uh, values, principles, political leanings, yada yada yada. That's not something that I really realized until I, I want to say like five six years ago. You know, mm. so yeah. Did that answer your question, think, or?
4: Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's cool to like. We have our whole lives like you spent like a lot of your life, like in America, Mm in the U.S. And so it's interesting to reflect back on like when the first impression versus now.
2: Yeah. Um, In a way, I've been very like sheltered, like been living in my own little bubbles, Um, having lived in California. And Chris is shaking his head. (laughs) But yeah, like I've been living in my own little world that I didn't really realize how vast this country is and like how different people are in just different states.
4: Chris, did you hear like similar, like didn't realize how vast or diverse like the U.S. was with, I think I wanna make sure I pronounced her name right, Yonmin Park. That was a great interview.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Yon-Ming, Yon-mi is fantastic. I definitely recommend anyone check out an interview with her. She's got an amazing, an amazing story. Uh, You might cry listening to it, though. I didn't. You're a heart of steel, Thomas. Uh, Yeah, people. It's a common misconception that about America. Just, it's incredibly diverse. Like, what is what is America? Oh, it's you know, Hollywood celebrities. Oh no, it's uh, you know, redneck hillbillies. Oh no, it's an orthodox Jew in New York. Oh no, it's like. Uh, granola eating hippies from San Francisco or no no it's actually cowboys it's just so diverse you can't really you can't sum up America by any group of individuals it's just so diverse it's really unlike any country in that regard
1: yeah because it's like each region has its own distinct culture to some degree right like arguably, probably like probably the closest thing to that would be China, actually. Just like sheer amount of people, and then they all have their own distinct regional cultures as well. But then since the government, since you know CCP and everything, they're they're kind of trying to uh, reduce all the differences and whatnot. But sorry, I digress. Um, but so one thing from your interview with uh, Yomi Park that I thought was really fascinating was like so she said that. The greatest thing i I, I think it's something like the greatest thing that i can give to my greatest gift i can give to my son is uh being born in the usa and then i was like winning essentially winning the lottery i was like oh that's uh it's very accurate actually so we're all lottery
0: winners
4: what yeah what a statement it
1: yeah we're
3: all It really just
4: goes to show go ahead chris you go
3: no i said we're all we're all privileged go ahead
4: no, mine was only like it goes to show how where she comes from again she has an amazing story but like how much appreciation like that she has to be like where she is today um um and just seeing like where she came from and what she did not have so it's quite it's a really big statement like I don't know if like even people like right born today in the US like would realize that or just like in general like reflecting on what you have and being grateful for that um so
1: yeah I think that yeah. I think um, too many times that uh folks highlight on the negative aspects of the US without realizing how good they have it here um, like, a, like a, again I go back to opportunities like in East Asian countries if you don't go to a good school you're you're kind of doomed like that's not necessarily the case here there's like it, it's not just like you're financially doomed like you also don't you're you're just viewed as like a lower class citizen right like you're you're viewed differently um, versus here it's just like oh you're 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 working hard you're wealthy you're you're like you made a good living that's cool right like I, I think back to um, the film Parasite it's like towards the end where the the driver and the rich dad is on the they're in the car and the rich dad is like hey um, I'm gonna give you some money I need you to be like play the uh, the Native American villain or something for my son's party and it's just it's essentially like a clown role right and and then it's like very demeaning and the the the, the taxi dad is like I, I don't really want to do this and the rich side is like, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm paying you this much money. You, you better listen to me. There's like, y- you know, it's like that, that kind of disrespect, I feel like is just, I'm not saying it won't exist here. It's just, it's just not as clear as it is here, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. I think to touch upon what you were saying earlier, Thomas, it's like, if you don't basically like hit a mark, like school is a the most direct example. I think it's like, Yes, even in the US, people will be like, oh, but they'll, you'll, I feel like there's a ton more encouragement. And there's like a ton more roads, honestly, it's like, all, if, like, at the end of the day, if you get to a certain point, no matter how you got there, like, there's like so many, so many opportunities to pivot, like reinvent yourself, like we said, versus I do think it's just not looked at like that in Sometimes in other places that are that are more like I think Asia is a good example of like it's school and it's this way and it's one way and it's very difficult actually to ch- like change majors. It's like not a thing. Like right. like it's that's very, not a thing.
1: It's very rigid. Yeah. Like uh, I also remember like this is not necessarily a good representation, but like I remember watching this drama K drama called Sky Castle, and then the the dad in there it was like I I I, I was a top as the top scorer in my, in my, uh, was it like medical university? Like I should like, I am the best. And it's like, that's, that's a test. That doesn't mean you're the, you're the best, you know, doctor or whatever. Right. It's, it's like, that's just like kind of the conception that they have there. Like, I'm sure that's not hundred percent accurate, but I'm sure a lot of folks are like, uh, like, you know, I scored the best on the test. Therefore I am the best at this, you know, in this field, which is not the case.
0: Um, Is that the first
2: K-drama you watched, Thomas?
0: I think so. (laughs) So let's get into the second part of our discussion, and um, it's about a lot of misconceptions, and we've already touched upon it. So I think there's tons of misconceptions. I mean, just me growing up and, like, having people assume things about me or uh, other, you know, the Americans around me, I've heard it all. And now I look back and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Most of these aren't even true, you know? Um, I don't know. Let's start with you, Chris. Like, did you, well, It's maybe through your interviews or your personal experiences, um, what are some of the misconceptions or myths that you hear about Americans where you could be like, you know what, this is, I can't believe this is, this is one of them or this is true or this is not?
3: Misconceptions, let's see. Well, I think there, there is this misconception that, um, you know, maybe America isn't as uh, free as sort of the uh, ideology claims, um, but I think what, what people miss is that, you know, most of the world is run by authoritarian regimes, and even amongst the other liberal democracies in the world, America is very unique. Like, take the protection of freedom of speech. That's sacred in the United States. In a lot of other liberal democracies, that's not the case. Like, take New Zealand, for example. They talk about freedom of speech. However, there is an office of the government called Classification Office, whose job it is to police political discourse. And the the head of that department is called the chief censor. Yeah. France also talks a lot about freedom of speech. The reality is they have recently been criminalizing uh, uh, discourse that like uh, criticizes public officials and they've been cracking down on uh, protesters from the Yellow Vest protests from a a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. So freedoms are not enshrined in other countries the way they are in the United States. And that kind of goes back to the very different way America was founded, how, how the founding fathers talked about freedom. And the way they talked about it, it was very different than in anywhere else in the world, that uh, you know, these freedoms, they are inalienable rights, that they are given to us by the creator, or some would say nature. The idea that these rights are fundamental to each of us being human and given to us by some transcendent force, doesn't matter if it's uh, actual or metaphysical. It's this transcendence to these rights, versus treating human rights as something imminent, something that can be legislated or voted on, and you know by committee we decide that certain rights aren't that important or they can be taken away. America is founded on the ideas that these are inalienable rights that they are they cannot be taken away, and. It's the people that give the government power, not the government that decides what to give the people.
1: Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's that kind of concept actually takes some time to grasp upon or to like wrap your head around because it's like it's like no if I if I uh, you know if I'm like if I'm the government and I and I'm beating down on you like I'm essentially taking away your like I have the power to take away your right but no it's like. It's like no no the idea is like the government serves to protect the rights not necessarily to gibbeth or us the rights and i think that's a that's kind of like a paradigm shift
0: it's very unique to america yep uh, absolutely i think um it's so freeing in that like sometimes i feel like people have too much freedom in what they can and cannot say Cause it's like yes. nowadays, like you, you just can say anything. And because it's literally against the law to not give somebody their ability to speak out. Like if somebody wanted to say something, you can't be like, you can't say that. No. Cause it's freedom of speech. But like now people can say, I think it's, Man, people need to like think before they speak. It's become they don't even like our founding fathers weren't like, yeah, you just the whole point of this. Is you just say whatever you want. Like That's not the point. It's like to speak out against oppression and atrocities and all this stuff. Right. Whereas like you were saying in other countries, you might not be able to because you have a government that dictates what you can and cannot do. Whereas now people are like, oh, I could freedom of speech. Say what I want. Say whatever I want. It could be true. It could be not true. So I think it's like too free. Anyways. I got one uh, misconception ever, ever since I was growing up, like my, my um, relatives would come visit from Australia, France, wherever, China. Uh, They would always say to me, Oh, y'all are lazy. Americans are lazy. I'm thinking to myself, hold on. Which American are you talking about? My mom worked three jobs just to put my dad and I through school or my neighbors were struggling you know trying to make ends meet and then even like sure there are people who are lazy T- there's a ton of americans who are actually lazy but i'm like as a society i'm like i don't see it like and then the people you know it instilled the reason i work six to seven days a week you know 10 to 12 hours a day non-stop is because i grew up with that mentality and it wasn't it was like people well they're like well you're an immigrant dan you're an immigrant your immigrant parents worked really hard, but like actual Americans don't. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Cause people around me who aren't Chinese work really hard also. Um, so I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a misconception. Like we don't even, we don't have siesta. We can't just like take the afternoon off and go home, take a nap. We, we have 10 paid vacation days per year. When literally other countries, any country out there is like, no, you have to take time off. No, everybody gets two months off out of the year paid. It's like, sometimes people are like, man, if I don't work, I don't, I can't put food on the table. I don't know. So I don't know what you guys think about that, if it's true or not. I
2: think it's, it's whatever you make or, or whatever effort you want to put into your life. Because um, coming from Malaysia uh, in my high school years to here and i went to a community college first and then i remember my schedule going from like i was just busy sitting every day because in malaysia i was taking some a-level courses i don't know if you're familiar with like british international or british education system but essentially if you're in a level course uh you don't take you don't take as many subjects but they're like super hard there's so many assignments whatever right i was like so busy going from that to like taking my classes at Foothill College, I was basically, I went to school at nine and I was done at 12, (laughs) like every single day. I was like, this is easy. Going to school in America (laughs) is just so easy. Like I don't even need to try that hard. So I think it depends. I I think like um, there are people who maybe have that schedule and then they do other things outside of school, right? But it's just like up to the individuals. That's my opinion. There's so much individualism in this society.
4: Yeah, I think, think that's, that's also... where the diversity plays out. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead,
1: Thomas. And I think that's also where like um I think the uh there's also that perception that Americans are super embarrassing when uh when they travel. Sorry, when we travel. And some of Some that people is definitely...
4: are. Some yes. well, people are there. Yes. I think that is like a really embarrassing, like misconception. Sorry, not to cut you out, Thomas, yeah. but it's like that annoying, loud American traveler. And that is not everyone, though. I think is where you're going with. I
1: mean, world. look, Kwan. That's because we're the best. Okay, USA number <laughs> one. That we can do <laughs> like, that. Oh we can flex God. all that. You see those? <laughs> oh mil- you see the, how we have military all over the world? Who pays for <laughs> oh that? This tourist does. That's right. <laughs>
2: Uh, Oh, my gosh. He Um, just confirmed that
4: it's not a misconception. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't. I think actually, so, like, first, I think people are very, I don't know, I'm very aware of that, like, perception of, like, kind of like what Dan was talking about, when people... I think because there's so much so so much diversity in america sometimes it can be honestly difficult to maybe get back to your roots and so i think that like that respect for culture like even appreciating other people's culture i think a lot of people do and again a lot of people like don't prioritize that so it's it is a misconception that i'm extremely and like people that i travel with are also extremely aware of and it's like you almost go the extra mile to be like we want to learn about where we're at and we want to be respectful um and so that's i it's it's an unfortunate misconception i i do think it's a mis because i think a lot of people like do actually uh appreciate like this melting pot that we have in this world like it's very it's a special it's a special place
1: i think another misconception to highlight was like um Chris, I think this this is a story of our of our friend uh, about the American healthcare system, actually.
3: Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, so Thomas and I have a friend who uh, a year or two ago moved to Canada to uh, study, go to university, get a get a PhD. And you know, at at the beginning, she was super duper excited about. It. it was like, oh, maybe I'll get dual citizenship. This will this will be great, uh, and and gradually the love affair with Canada fell through, uh, and a big part of it was the healthcare system. So, for example, uh, so like uh, like her husband needed to uh, see a, needs to go to a dermatologist. To get up to a dermatologist in Canada, you have to be recommended by a primary care physician, but. The primary care physicians are all underpaid and don't want to see new people, so they can't get a new, they can't get a primary care physician, so he doesn't get to go to a dermatologist. And it's just that kind of, uh, it's, it's, you know, at the beginning she thought, oh, you know, the socialized health care would be great. In reality, it's actually pretty poor. I was actually recently talking to um, uh, an Iranian activist I know whose aunt lives in Canada uh she was diagnosed with lung cancer and so you know in the United States you think oh you go you go to a doctor and they diagnose you with lung cancer it's like okay can we get into the surgery tomorrow how do we do this for them it was like all right um two months from now we can schedule you for a surgery and it's like it's 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 cancer time is of the essence (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I mean she she got the surgery eventually but like you know instead of taking out a, a potentially a smaller piece of the lung they had to take out a whole not the whole lobe, but a big chunk out of the lung hmm. and yeah in some cases it's you know we hear about the wonders of socialized mess and in some cases it means that like essentially that's running it through a government bureaucracy so so think of the dmv imagine the dmv being yeah. in charge of healthcare. well you might get a sort of efficient average uh, coverage of most people's things but it's the outliers that it can really struggle for or in the case of Thomas, and my friend like they can't even get the basic stuff just because people are overworked or don't get enough money and they just it doesn't it doesn't really function like we sometimes romanticize it right
1: yeah for the record i'm not I'm not saying that the American system is amazing or anything. It definitely has a lot of faults, but it's just a, it's a, it's always good to know what other things are like to kind of put things in perspective. Right. And then it's, what was the, what was the issue that she had Uh, like getting the vaccine?
3: Oh, that's a good point too. So to go to school in the coming fall, uh, she needed to get vaccinated for whatever reason, like, you know, in Canada, they're, Struggling with the vaccines, they don't have nearly as um, as much as in the U.S. So she had to come back to the United States to get vaccinated. Uh, but she can't fly. She can't fly back into Canada because then, according to their COVID restrictions, she would have to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks at her expense, which she can't afford. So she's mm-hmm. going to have to do is physically cross the border. Because then oh it just it doesn't apply.
0: Yeah. And and I don't think, you know, we're not trying to be like, oh, well, America has a great health system. I agree with Thomas. No health system is perfect. I just get annoyed. I have so many friends even who they'll just read something about how amazing another country's health system is. And it's one of those like the grass is greener because then they go, yeah, but it sucks here because this and this. Let's be like them. I'm like, have you lived in Germany, bro? Have you lived in Amsterdam? Do you even like seriously? What are you saying? Like, you have no idea how people actually think of it or treated there. But it's just this notion that, oh, well, I read that somewhere it's better, you know, and we we always read, like, you know, other countries have free healthcare and this and that. And I'm like, but when you put it in practice, right? If you have a, if you actually need something that potentially could save your life, I think here there'll be there's plenty of people that'll be like, hey, come over here. I'll take care of that for you. Yes, it'll cost this, but I'll take care of it. And at that point, you're like, I don't even care because it's going to save my life. I need this procedure. I mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll go get a loan, but I need that lung taken out because it's got cancer and I need it tomorrow.
2: <laughs> so I have and some I love that. anecdotes related to that. Um, healthcare here is so expensive. Um, but I think, so when, I think, people's biggest complaint is around the cost, right? Because How costly yeah. it is just to get the most like simple, simplest procedure done. Um, and how like you go to the hospital for like five minutes, you get a five grand bill, whatever. Um, but then in Indonesia, yeah, you might be able to have access to like cheaper healthcare. But I think in terms of the quality, like even if it's being offered to you cheap, <laughs> I don't think you want to go that route either. Um, just like, around covid vaccine uh, there are a lot of <laughs> i might be outing my own people but like <laughs> it's out become out. a thing for indonesians and i don't know about other countries but like for people over there to come to america and get vaccinated because one you can get it quick two you can get it for free and then you can, you, oh, In Indonesia, they don't even have that option of like getting a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine who are seen to be like the more effective ones compared to the other options out there. So I think having been here, definitely you take some things for granted and you're not aware of like all of these other things that are happening outside America.
3: Uh, can, can I just point something out, something I've noticed in the course of this podcast? Go on. Uh, so, so I've noticed like a, a lot of times all of you will be like, oh, you know, but I, I'm not saying the U.S. Is, is the best country in the world.
2: <laughs> but it <You're> is. <laughs> like
3: a major reaction of like, oh, I have to make it clear. I'm not saying America is the best. Like, where, where is that coming from? What's wrong with saying, what's wrong with loving America or even sure, saying America is the best country in the world? No,
0: I, I think America is the best country in the world. I just don't think some of the things they do is the best. But it's definitely, I'll say it for the record best country in the world but it is interesting in my people feel like they they, they, they have
1: need... to apologize for it yeah
0: yeah i agree that's... yeah why do we do that you're right thanks for pointing that out i'm not gonna like seriously if people USA, want to debate it, i'll debate USA, it. USA. i'm not saying that to be like your country sucks i'm just saying like i love this country and i can't imagine living anywhere else
2: I mean, there we that go
0: <laughs> that's what we're here to talk about
2: And with that,
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait, I got one more. Like, okay, all right, I know we we ran out because we always go on tangents. But all right, like, what do you guys think about this one? Like, growing up, people always were like, "Oh, America, they got loose morals," and yes, you know, they the the parents will let the kids do anything, and they're gonna do drugs. Hundred percent. I'm like, nudity (laughs) is still not allowed on television here. You go to another country. There's nudity on TV, like regular Saturday morning TV. There's nudity. There's America. Wait, which other besides, country are you talking lots about? countries. Okay. France.
4: <laughs> there's boobs on TV. <laughs> you're, Europe. I boobs. think. It's, like, I think this uh, one really depends on the pocket that where you're at, because <laughs> we're no, gonna bring up television. There's like I remember, like there was an episode of like a Bachelor sorry bachelor like winter olympics or something and they had couples from other countries and there it was actually very interesting because the american couples like there's like the fantasy suite or whatever like on that show and the the other couples that were not from america they actually were like you know what we're not going to take this fantasy suite where you spend like intimate time whatever you do whatever you want and they were like we're good with our relationship where we're gonna just like Say goodnight and goodbye. And the American couples do not do that. So I think it really okay. depends on. No, like no, no, the pe- but like Kwan, but the- Kwan,
0: let, let me tell you this though. <laughs> Here, the, so this is my point. There are people in every culture that's just down with whatever, right? But the mis- to me, the misconception is this. Like when I have friends from other countries where like being promiscuous isn't seen as bad. It's just, oh, I have multiple partners. This is just exp- like, what's wrong with that? Whereas in America, there's still a large portion of the population who are like – who are religious or conservative or who are like, no, I look down upon people with loose morals and, in fact, teach their kids not to be. Whereas in a lot of other countries, especially I have friends from other countries, Europe, Asia, it's just like, yeah, this is what you do. You, you start drinking early. I mean, look, there's a drinking age here, and people always go, what? what's the point of this drinking age? We're, we're drinking when we're 13. It doesn't matter. It we don't you know, I'm like wow. It's like it's still very conservative to me in a way, right? Yeah, are pockets. You know, yeah, their I horn, see what you're you know. saying. So you're so I mean, my friends, they're from other parts of you know the world, and they always thought that America was like it shut down too early. They're like, why can't you stay out all night? And like in my country, the party goes till eight a.m. And y'all actually, say, yeah, listen.
2: no, that's you know that's what I mean? a that's a good point, and it's also an interesting observation because coming from Indonesia, Asia, I think like relatively are just more on the conservative side, right? In Mm -hmm. terms of like morality and whatnot. Um, So my mom was definitely terrified when I came to America all by myself at the age of 18. Um,
1: Because she's also seen Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
2: I've seen way too many movies at that point. But also coming here, (laughs) and then when I went to like, Parties or like clubs. The clubs here close way too early at two, and they're doing like, especially in uh, California, they're doing last call. Like, they they serve alcohol at one forty-five, and that's about it.
0: That's it. I'm telling you, like American parties are boring, like compared to what (laughs) you get elsewhere. You you think about this: American bars shut down if you're not in New York. Like Boston still have they observe Puritan laws. You cannot serve alcohol past like twelve thirty
2: there are Shut other places down. that you can go to but that's a in that's Boston, not the point
0: well i mean of course there's always places you can go to but like yeah. it's boring and people yet your our parents think that in america you're going to be doing stuff that it's like you're going
2: to be sleeping around that's basically the biggest yeah fear yeah how did we get here
0: yeah
1: I think there's <laughs> I think there's that misconception of uh of what it, of like the loose morals uh don't ask me why but I was looking at adultery statistics around the world uh, um, um anyway it's it's really interesting to see how some uh some countries deal with it like uh, I remember reading for Japan it's like more or less normalized in European countries apparently um and then for certain ones like Japan they're not mad at the the cheating part they're mad at if you're discreet or not so if you're it's cool if you're cheating well it's not cool but it's like it's it's okay if you're cheating but it's not okay if you're blatant about it
4: that's very interesting (laughs) yeah i think it's it's not just i think the loose moralist part it doesn't have to just be with like sex and alcohol but just like a sense of a moral moral compass perhaps and I think that might be a misconception that like there is none or there's, it's like way worse or something like that, um, which, you know, like, doesn't, I don't think it's necessarily landing lands well. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause there's like plenty, like probably Mia, you probably found when you came to the US, I don't know, you can speak to like, it wasn't, was it like that for you?
2: What is in respect to what specifically?
4: Like all your fears, all your um, parents' fears. Did they all come true?
0: <laughs> the My lips are sealed. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that America brought it out of you. I mean, if, you were, if you're that type of person, not saying you are, Mia, but if you grew up in Indonesia, I'm sure, like, let's say you have friends, they're going to go out and party regardless if they're there or here. What Dan is saying is that Mia is just, has always been (laughs) (laughs) wretched. But anyways,
4: I have have one more, I have one more misconception. Um, I think that is like an or like one that I've experienced, which is just like what you look like. I think Mm -hmm. what Chris said earlier was like, you can't, it's hard to be like, Oh, American, an American is like this cowboy or the American is this Orthodox Jew or this man is blah, blah, blah. And I think just being obviously like Asian, um, even just like recently when i was traveling abroad i was traveling with a friend we were both from the us she is actually mixed race but she looks more white but we were sitting next to like another person we were overseas um and people you know you just like make small talk and they were like oh where are you guys from and i think i'm also used to it because like my name is like kwan which is not like an american name or whatever and so i'm used to people not like not sometimes getting surprised, but we were like, Oh, we're from the U S we're flying from California. And the man (laughs) specifically like pointed at me and was like, Oh, you don't look American. And my (laughs) friend, I think I'm just like, I don't, I don't get offended by that because I understand where it's coming from. Because if you are not from the U S and you live in another country far, far away where everybody looks like you in your country, like that's what a lot of people are used to. But my (laughs) friend was like, it was, I mean, it was like a slightly ignorant, but I think that's an, a big misconception that like, it's a blonde haired white person or it's a white person. Right. And there's just so many different types of people. I catch myself too. Sometimes like, I like forget, like the South is not just like a monolith of this type, one type of like redneck person. Right. That's like, it's mm-hmm. like that shouldn't be how we think about people. But um, I think that's a big misconception.
1: Chris, what do uh, what do most people think of you as?
3: As uh, as my ethnicity. Yeah, I get a lot of guesses. A lot of guesses.
1: <laughs> All right, Chris. I know we've had you for a long time. I just one. I just want to. Well, I just want you to have the last word.
3: You mean that what I just said wasn't the best possible way to end the show? Wow,
1: wow. Okay. My All right problem. then. Happy fourth. All right. Yes. Happy 4th. This will come out on time. I promise.
4: <laughs> yes. Celebrate everyone. Have a great 4th.
0: Yeah. Go grill some hot dogs and burgers.
4: <laughs> that that's note. actually
0: what I'm going to do.
2: <laughs> Literally. No, on that note, I hope that you guys enjoy our discussion today. It is a little different from our typical episode and we run basically the whole gamut of like personal stories from your going to school stories to like a North Korean defector story um but yeah uh send us an email reach out to us tell us what you think about this episode or tell us what you think about what it means to be an American to you um and if you have any stories that is similar to any of the stories that we uh, share today, but yeah, you know where to find us. Thank you for listening.
4: See you next one.
0: Thanks,
1: guys.
4: Bye. Thanks, Chris.
1: Thanks, all. Thanks, Bye. Chris.
4: Chris, thanks so much for coming, Chris.
1: Absolutely, it's great. Bye.
3: Bye.